Welcome to Breakthrough the Ordinary Podcast. Are you ready to be committed to your future self? If you are, sibling duos Mark and Claudine Shermonti are ready to take you on a journey of self-discovery. Through impactful conversations with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers, we are here to share practical tools and tips for you to generate the life you envision. New episodes drop every Monday. And we want to welcome Melanie Paez. Uh, she's always naturally been passionate about people. As a coach and founder of Chief Executive Angel, she focuses her clients on reawakening their passion and passions and bringing them to life in career aspirations, relationships, self-discovery, leadership development, and creative endeavors. Holding integrity and professionalism as high values, Melanie is mentored by coaches in her field and holds her professional certificate of coaching credentials through the International Coach Federation with pride. She holds the ethical standards of this industry while bringing in her personal touch of love, compassion, spirit, and stand. Coaching for the last five years for over a thousand hours has given Melanie plenty of insight into the way she supports people and the kind of partnerships they're looking for, and she delights in the ability to share with other people who are searching to live more meaningful lives. Aren't we all? Yes. Welcome. Thank you. You have a wonderful smile, I want to say. Your face and smile lights up. It's great. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'm really happy to be here with you. Great. Well, why don't you share with our listeners so they have a sense of your journey? What, what brought you into this passion to be the chief executive angel? Uh, thank you so much. I, like I said, always been about people's passion. And I just thought that that was something that meant I didn't have any of my own that they wanted to be a teacher, they wanted to be a speech therapist, light up at their light. But I didn't have anything that I thought was like, that was mine. And when I heard about life coaching, I essentially, it clicked. That is being passionate about people's passions. That is my light. And I followed it as, you know, clearly and directly as possible packing up my car and driving from Florida to California to get trained. And it's been like that ever since building the business and everything. It's just been so clear that this is why I'm here. Uh, and coaching is just a fun avenue to express it. Mm, okay. All right. So I'm having a moment, listeners, that I don't think I knew you were from Florida. And all of a sudden, I'm having a spark. We were connected through a mutual friend, very respected friend and someone who's been a, a, go, a guest on our podcast, Liz Haber. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing that's right. You've also done the same transformational training that we are both graduates of. So mm -hmm. I, okay, yeah. I'm like, having light bulb on oh, gratitude. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry, listeners. I just light bulb moment. Had to have it, you know. You're uh, loud. <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> so you huh? shared a little in the description can you share a little bit about the principles that guide you in your life and if they are the same, if not different for coaching? Yeah, I, I would say that in the intro, integrity, professionalism, that's how I hold the business side of things. Um, wholehearted and authenticity are really important to me that I live my life putting my entire heart into things and that I bring my most authentic self that I can find within me to all of my relationships. And that's coaching, that's friendships, it's romantic relationships. It 
it's important to me that that's the experience people have of me. And that's something that I'm able to awaken in other people, because I think that with those two wholeheartedness and the authenticity, you're really able to create the life that is meant for you. So we're in this time approaching the new year and everything and, and people make resolutions and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to the gym and, but they don't always follow through. I mean, usually people don't. I think it's like 80-something percent or almost 90 percent don't follow through. So what do you recommend that people can follow their truth and their intuition and really embody the shift, the change they really want? Like you're sharing in your life that your, your focus was, it's just, and there's no pulling you off that. So can you give us some of those principles, beliefs, you know, all that? Absolutely. I think the first thing, it's the simplest and most difficult somehow. It's simple but not easy to listen to yourself about the things that matter to you. Because I think that it's very often different from the ideas people have of who they're supposed to be. And so they often follow who they're supposed to be rather than who they truly are. And that's why people have these arbitrary goals because they're they're creating goals to be this person that their parents told them to be, media told them to be, you know, their partner told them to be something like that. And the reason that those goals aren't being achieved is because they're not, they don't actually want those things. And so they're, they're following a path of should rather than a path of truth. And, and I, I say truth as in like a personal truth, um, something where people feel very aligned. And so, yeah, I think the very first principle of all of it is being willing to be real with yourself and say, like, which parts of me am I living for myself and which am I living for other people and going through the process of disconnecting from those things that aren't true to your own authenticity, your own inner compass. I'm having an aha moment. Because I'm thinking of, (laughs) you make a resolution, I'm going to the gym. And I'm not saying the gym is bad, exercise is bad, but where are you making that from? I'm thinking, are you making it because you just want to look good or, you know, you have to be a certain body or certain type? So it's not even your authentic self. It's not saying that exercise is bad, but so you're saying you really have to find, but how do you get to that? How do people, how do you take people or how do people find that truth underneath? You know, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of look goods, you know, going to the gym looks good, but if it's really not for the reasons and that you're not going to follow through, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. This part of the process, I think it's like, these are for people who are committed to making a difference in their lives. Because at this point, if you're not committed to creating the life that you say you want, it's going to be an uphill battle at best. So for anybody who's listening, who's like, I'd rather just read another self-help book. This, the rest of this episode is going to be nice background noise. But for people who are really looking for some, for a change, it requires you to look inward. And that looks different for different people, meditation, writing, hiring a coach and talking to someone one-on-one, hiring a therapist and getting some healing done, taking a vacation, getting away, getting out of your head. There's no way to do it. I'll point back to what you said. It's, it's where you're coming from when you choose. So if they're choosing to go to the gym and lose weight, if it's coming from a place of, I care about myself and I want to feel better about myself, then it's much more likely to succeed. If it's, 
I wasn't enough last year, so I better get on it this year. I don't know anybody who listens well to that kind of threat. And people don't realize that it's a threat because it's all internal. You're speaking from like a, a way of tuning in, this attunement and yeah. the distraction. So you mentioned, right, even a vacation, <laughs> journaling, uh, you know, could be reading however that may look. Is there some ways that you, you know, assist your clients to get into that deep listening, their own mm -hmm. listening and listening to others? But let's, like you said, it starts with self. Yeah, I, I have a tool, I have a few tools, but one in particular that I think is really useful because it meets people where they are at the start. It's not just a, okay, everybody like ground in and figure out who you are and then move on. There's a like, what is, what is the thing that is keeping you right now? Whatever story it is or multiple stories. And go, we go through a process of like, what are your thoughts about that? What is it, what are you making? it mean about your life and about yourself and getting really clear on the entirety of the story and the impact of the story on the person's life because it's so real when you walk in that I can't lose weight or I can't uh, get that job. It's just, it's the grounded reality. So we start there and just kind of start peeling back layers with a series of questions and a lot of space for discovery. And we get from there all the way to new action steps from a, a completely new commitment. Uh, through the process of some questions. Mm. Yeah, the peel back. You're, you're, you're right. It, it definitely is that. It's the layers and the onion. It is. Yeah. You know, we often talk about that, like, spirit or God, whatever you want to label, is always speaking. Like, there's mm -hmm. always a voice. There's, there's something. You may push it down. You may not want to listen to it. Do you have... Um, some methods or can you share with our listeners how they can start listening to that voice or paying attention to it? Like, I think it's there, but really paying attention and, and not fighting it. Absolutely. Um, for everyone who's on the beginning of their journey, I would say start with writing down your thoughts and feelings. Um, think about where it's showing up in your body, even write that down. Any of the things that make you feel like it's between you and God, spirit, universe. Um, sometimes it's the distraction of like, I didn't do the dishes. Sometimes it's a story about like, I'm not enough or I'm whatever. Write all of those out so that you can separate yourself from them. It's essential to do this part first because otherwise you're, you're trying to push through all of the human noise uh, when you're trying to connect with that higher self honestly. Yeah. Um, and from there, I think it is a very personal thing. Sometimes people feel it on the back of a motorcycle. Sometimes people feel it in meditation. And mm. it's, um, whether you know where you found it and you can just go back there or you're not sure if you've ever felt it before, then it's time for some playing around, some, you know, going and looking <laughs> and seeing what, what sparks that. I like the writing down and, and getting it out. I never thought, you know, you're holding it and you're trying to fight against all these thoughts. And if you get them out of the way, they're already out. Yeah. Yeah. Not a block. Nice. Yeah. I gotta make, it's also like making the space in your mind. Mm. Right. Because these patterns, yeah. these stories just like run like real to real. All the time. That part of us is so loud because it needs to be heard. And to honor it with putting it in writing, it, it really takes it to another step where it's like, okay. She's listening to me. 
I can quiet down for a moment. And that's where other things can come in. Visions for your future, anything like that. I like that. When, you know, even if we, we stay along this line, and I, I agree it's individualized. Um, you know, if, if a client is struggling with that quietness, though, right? <laughs> is, you know, or uh, is there some other ways that you may take them through a process or for them other, you know, suggestions to, you know, get still enough, right? And that's, that's for some who are not self-regulated, that may be like, oh, I can't still enough for that. Uh, I'm yeah. just kind of curious if you ever noticed that with some of your clients and, and how you work with them with that. I have. I find it a lot in um, very active creatives, uh, people who are like artists or singers, and they just want to be doing and doing and doing. And I've actually found that rather than forcing them to be still, it's uh, reframing the way in which they are doing. So if you're singing and you usually use it to get out of your mind and, and get distracted, we're looking at like, how could you receive in those moments? And it's just a, a little bit of a reframe of a mindset and you try it, you practice it and get better at just like growing muscles at the gym. Um, so, you know, for example, I have an artist who likes to draw a lot, but she started working in a medium that she's not passionate about and it paid the bills. And it was really about looking at what would it take for me to completely put this down or to make some space for the creative expression that I, I want to be using. And so all of that to say, if it's inaccessible for you to slow down or to be still, the trying to force yourself to be still is getting you further from stillness. Mm -hmm. So take the inspired action and, and try to take it from a new place. Mm -hmm. um, put your phone down when you're eating. Imagine what your food smells, tastes, looks, feels like when you're eating it. You know, um, look yourself in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth. Just really small little differences in creating presence in your action. That is great. I've never heard it put that way to, right, to be connected because you create stillness in that moment of in the, in the mirror. Right. Um, you know, or, right, the presence to the food. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's an, it's another way, right, of, mm -hmm. and there's no, no threat in that moment, like, versus the force. <laughs> Get quiet. Meditate for right. 15 minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. looking at myself sometimes instead of meditating, maybe I do something that's creative or something that my energy wants to do instead of sitting trying. Sometimes it is a force. I sit down mm. and meditate in the, the mind. It's like maybe I'm better off going for a walk. Maybe I'm better off. Well, I think want mindful walks are real. Like you know, yeah. I, I, it's true, right? We talk about self regulation, but people who are not and and or they're not there yet in their nervous system is mindful walk, right? Foot ground foot ground it's in silence but that's and doesn't mean like pick up the dry cleaning got to make dinner those thoughts still come but it's a committed like you said it's a committed pre presence and action um yeah just you and your feet in that way and self-kindness is the the tool underneath all of this you know when people are doing a mindful walk and they can't get the thoughts out of their head telling yourself oh you didn't do it is might as well not do it if you're going to way through the process sort of expect it to be imperfect 
uh, probably all at the very beginning. And um, yeah, I think giving giving ourselves space to forgive ourselves for the things that we haven't yet achieved or forgive ourselves from the disconnection that we have with our highest self or the universe, whatever. And, and starting from here, starting from forgiveness on is this one I found. I like the self-kindness. It sounds tender and gentle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no more whipping myself. In the back. Yeah, but think about like New Year's though, right? That is not the energy of New Year commercials, right? It, it is like, get it to the gym. You know, set that like, you know, there's that ro-ha-ha, right? That's why, you know, workout equipment and all those things really sell out, right? In the beginning of January, everyone yeah. is racing to that act, that action. But it, 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 not in kindness and forgiveness. No. Um, yeah, it's, you know, you messed up last year, get on it, this shiny new something. Um, and that's very motivating. But this is why we see the numbers go down by February. Because it it's like a, a quick motivation and it wears off. What we're talking about is creating a relationship with yourself. Or you would treat yourself differently ongoingly. Very different from all my friends said that we were going to go to the gym every day for a year and people start dropping off like flies it, because motivation isn't sustainable. It's a very useful part. I think New Year's. I, I want to go back to loving kindness for a moment. And I, I think that naturally, this is my assessment, that that is not a part of our culture, right? Mark and I were talking about, right, is, as a kid, you get, yes, good girl, good job, right? You get the A or star on your paper at school. And I, I, when that ends, we still are stuck in this place of looking outside ourselves for validation and kindness mm -hmm. or any, I'd say, input and stimuli. And even, do you have a way that you also encourage your clients to really show that level of compassion, self-validation, acknowledgement um, as part of the practice? There are tons of practices for this. And again, things, different things work for different people. I acknowledge my clients at the end of every session and invite them to create that um, with me, that it's something that they can acknowledge themselves for, and then I'll add to it. And because, you know, external validation is not wrong. I think in a lot of um, self-help things, people will be like, oh, you should you should always be able to get it within. And honestly, we're wired for connection. So the fact that we need each other is beautiful and it's always going to be. However, it can't be the entire thing. You've got to definitely build something up for yourself and have a good relationship with yourself for those other relationships to be sustainable and, and be able to support you. So depending on where someone is in that process, I'll use different tools. If they're um, a little more practice in self-kindness. It's more of like an upkeep kind of thing, checking in, acknowledging on the sessions. If it's, you know, someone who is like how I was when I started out with my self-development journey, pretty self-deprecating, you know, that, that level of things, there are um, just different self, self-forgiveness tools. A lot of uh, taking a look at what you can be responsible for without blame. Um, and then from there, looking at what there is to acknowledge. 
allowing yourself to have something to work on without it being something wrong about you. Could I ask you to share a few tips about how, and I get everyone's at different parts of their journey. Yeah. Is there a few tools or tips you could share with our listeners that they can start to generate some of that self-appreciation or, yeah. or juice it up? Yeah. I would love everyone to, you know, take some note of this while you're listening, because this is a, a really, it's a portion of a very um, powerful exercise. But one of the things that I know is that we are very good at talking about what we haven't yet done or what what the work in progress we still are. But if you go to the people, if you start with that external validation, you go to the people who care about you and ask them what they see in you, you'll get a very different experience of yourself, but one that you might be familiar with. So I recommend calling five or 10 people, asking them some, some question along the lines of the experience that they have of you in the highest expression of yourself. And then writing all of those words down getting really intimate with those and maybe sometimes picking one out and being that for a day. How would authenticity dress? What would authenticity eat? How would a, a good friend talk to themselves? What would they, where would they go for the day? And start trying on these things that people already see in you as if you believe them too in, in little ways and you'll notice a shift in the way you start relating to yourself. And it's it's much more sustainable than trying to get someone to tell you every day, you're a good friend, you're a good friend. Mm -hmm. You've got to start embodying that within yourself so that you can believe it, so that you don't have to hear it every day. So it, it starts with the external validation, but it actually makes it less and less necessary, where now the external validation is frosting on top of your beautiful cake that you baked and, you know, all full of love. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Can I just, uh, so I'm hearing you're asking for the feedback and it's the highest version of you. I, I'm just going to underscore that for a moment. It's like, Hey, what's my feedback about? I'm like that. That's too general too. You might not get yeah. the highest version of you. Thank you. That's a beautiful. Well, yeah. I want to say we always have a challenge in a participation <laughs> for our client, you know, our listeners and we participate. And I think you just labeled it just now. Let's let's make it two people. Let, go to two people, ask for feedback of your highest, you know, qualities about you, and That's then great. write those down, take those down, and live the day by those. And so you can share with us. You know, you post it and share share and tag, tag us, us. At the BTO podcast. Yeah. What those words were, who you really are in that highest quality, and how you live that day. Mm. I mean, you just... That was beautiful. Great. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> get you. any more perfect than that. You, it's a great, oh, I like it. We do it too, so. Yeah, yes. Oh, appreciate sharing that. Because that's nice anyway, you know, and it creates a connection and you're, somebody's sharing the pieces they see of you in your highest. I mean, oh. Yeah, it's feels great. Good all over. And, you know, especially you. if you're going to be taking that on, I want to tie it back to the resolution conversation that we've been talking about too. Yeah. So once you do have that and you're trying it on, try out writing your resolutions from that place as well. So if you have one word that stands out or a couple words that stand out, imagine if I were beauty, radiance, and authenticity all the time, what would I choose to learn this year? What would I choose to adventure into this year? And ask yourself those from the, a kind place. If I were radiance and authenticity, what would it, what would be my relationship with my body this year? What would be my 
relationship with my family this year. And then create your goals from that. Mm. And for those who are really into this and want, want one extra step, write out the measure. How would we know by this time next year that you did that? And the reason we do that in part is so that we we really know what we're working toward in, in action, but also for some more self-kindness because we could easily discount our growth or uh, go off track during the year. But if we know I'm going to buy this dress from this place by the end of the year, and that's how we'll know that I was kind to my body, then then that's the marker. And there's no, there's no shying away from it. There's no forgetting what it meant. It's just very clear. I like this. Yeah. When we initially talked, so we'll stay in the resolution, is I, I know that you shared that you have a process and, and an approach. So you've already shared an approach. This I, I love that, right? Highest self version of yourself and then make your, your goals. But you also have another process that you take your clients through as they finish a year and enter a year, right? We have, you know, how do you help them close and enter in, in, in clear and open space? Absolutely. I, it's a session that I do with all of my clients at the end of the year. Um, for an hour, we are going over the all of the things that they're still holding against themselves from what they didn't complete in the year, as well as everything that they are acknowledging about themselves, what they're proud of, what they were surprised by, what they were amazed by, um, things that they wanted to accomplish that are left over, really getting all of it out uh, on the table so that we can then look at, are there any things that you can just declare are complete? Like maybe a goal changed and it's not something that you're going to bring into the new year. We can just cross that off. And, and by energetically doing that together, we're, um, you know, sending it off. <laughs> and then there are some things where we're still committed to doing that and we didn't complete it. And so what do you want to say what do you need to say to yourself? What like what's the process that you need for forgiveness for how it went? And then what is the commitment moving forward? Um, so yeah, one thing is leaving some things in the past. The next thing is there are some things that you might not want to leave in the past that you want to continue working on. So what do you need to forgive how it went to be able to start anew? And then there are probably some new commitments. Now that we've gotten this far, there's something else that you want to take on, and we get clear on those as well. Uh, all the while, really acknowledging the not just the external results of I got this promotion, I'm in this great relationship, I you know climbed a mountain. Those are all definitely things we celebrate. But also, I am I pay attention to my inner voice now, and I. Um, I'm proud of myself and I can say that out loud and you know, the, some of the more intimate inner things too. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm just settling into this. It's just, it, it's nice. It feels good. Yeah. I, uh, if, if we could speak into something you said, right, there's two energies that we get to one release and right. And acknowledge, mm -hmm. and maybe you could speak into, some of the biological, neurological reasons and psychological, really, why do we acknowledge even what's incomplete, mm. right? You know, um, and say, I, I am at peace here or not, however that is. What that does for, for people to have some form of completion. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, 
honestly don't know how I lived my life without it before. I um, This process that I'm talking about, I actually partnered with one of the other coaches that I was trained with, and we did this process with each other every day, five days a week for over a year. And it was on anything that was holding negative energy in our bodies, in our minds, every day. And ultimately, you know, we weren't caring enough to keep doing it that often, but there really are little things that we just hold on to and, and pack in our, uh, like on our backs about what's not enough. Something small, as small as I, I said a word wrong in a meeting all the way to something like, I didn't make enough money this year to pay my rent and I had to move in with friends, you know, small little things and big things. And we hold on to them and without some sort of process of uh, grieving and celebrating and moving on, it usually just sits there. And sometimes we can get over it or, um, you know, feel like we've moved on from it. But there's something really spiritual and special in the honoring of it by speaking it out. And just, again, giving things a voice. I think, you know, everything wants to live. Everything, all of the things in nature go toward the sun. And, and to me, energetically, the sun is uh, like opening up to um, the, the fact that every single thing had a purpose in the creation of who you are. So being able to say, this didn't happen and this is how it made me feel. And it's hard for me to let it go. And then being asked, you know, what, what do you need or um, any kind of curious question where there's a reframe of the possibility of how that may have been a stepping stone, I think is really, really useful for people. Yeah. And I'm hearing you're, you're being witnessed, mm -hmm. right? Because especially like you and your coaching buddy, um, I, I'm going to just use like an example for a moment. Like, like I have an expectation or a goal I've set for myself. Expectation is pretty too harsh, right? I try to drink a glass of water per session so I can get my, 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 my ounces in, right? And I'm a coach as you, so we're, you know, in sessions throughout my day. And I don't always meet that goal. So I'm hearing you say that if there's like a residue somewhere that I'm like, oh, damn, that I get to release it in, 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 in word form so it's not energy kind of like stuck in me. But I'm also hearing the power of sharing that um, out loud, right, is a, another form of release. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for bringing that part in. The, I think the experience of being witnessed is so healing. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to say, you had said earlier, and I'm happy that this is becoming part of the spiritual community and coaching and everything, is that we're not here to do it alone. That, that, that it, we are here to be in relationship because there was a while that it's like, yeah, you have to have it all internally. And I'm like, I'm already though. I already played the lone wolf. And now you're telling me that's the way to go. I don't think so. It doesn't feel that good. And I'm so happy that it's being embraced. That place of connection, the witness, the witness made me think of it again, is that you need the witness. You need like you need. So you can't play this over in your head. You'll be banging. I know myself I bang in my head all day long. Absolutely. To share with somebody that place, you know. Um, it, we're talking about New Year's and resolutions. And can you give our listeners some other ideas that they can take into the new year or creating not just resolutions, but letting go? Because what I'm hearing is we're carrying and I'm carrying last year again. And I'm 
all these little things that we're talking about releasing, it's like we're just carrying them. How to maybe let go of that bag a little on another level uh, that they can start? Yeah, I I very much recommend the like writing these things out. I think that being witnessed is so important as well. I recommend being witnessed by a coach or a therapist or a healer. But even if you want to get together with some friends and you create a container like this, maybe have them listen to this episode with you, and then you can have a um, a group of people who are all committed to saying things out and putting them down. Um, if you have a safe space to safe legal space to burn some paper that has all the words on it, that's uh, sometimes a really nice visual for for people who are more um, you know tangible or visual with their uh, processes of healing. Sometimes just like burning the paper that said, all of those things that you don't want to believe about yourself anymore on them can be really useful too. It's mm. great. But, but I'm hearing, uh, you know, I, I, I tell my brother, I, I love ritual. Uh, I, you know, whatever they are, they, they, they're beginning, middle ends, but they define something. Um, and I'm hearing that's also unique, but in community, I mean, certainly can start the process. It sounds like alone, but really having a shared space, um, and having the intention of doing that sounds like that also serves. Um, yeah, definitely. And it's twofold. If you like for it to be those people who are witnessing your, your forgiveness and letting things go can also be your accountability partners for the goals that you're setting moving forward, which is essential to having these things come to pass because if you were going to do it all by yourself, it would have been done by now and getting some support from people who not only will hold you to your goals, but know why they're important to you and know what you let go of and what you brought with you and are really intimately connected with your, with like that eternal what for, that's that's the kind of person that you want in your corner. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, and to do it with love and kindness. Because what I'm, what I'm feeling from you is there's this love and kindness behind everything, that it's done in a loving, kind way. We're not, we're not whipping, we're not going to... We're so used to force or push. There's like, and what I read from you and what you're speaking about, there's no, it's not a push. Right. It's more like loving kindness. I'm going to just do this in an easy process. I'll write it down. I'll speak to it. I'll have a friend. It's, it doesn't feel harsh or, or hard or, mm. I just like that because, uh, you know, I'm so Me used too. to pushing. Especially my clients who, who want hard, they come and they say they want somebody who's going to push them. I really love bringing this energy because I like to tell them, you know, hard, you've, you've done hard for however many years. And let's just, let's just try a different way of being. And if it doesn't work, we can go back to being mean to ourselves. <laughs> you pay me for that. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do mean. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, right. It's such a, an old voice, probably not their own, but now it is, um, right. you know, that, that hard, uh, kind of approach of the feather, the hammer, um, piece. Absolutely. I, and I, I had this vision when you were talking, the two of you, it was like, right. Allow the, the river or the stream to flow. Mm. Often people are like, I want to walk up the stream. I'm going to get it my way. Even though like you're, you're exhausted, it's not working for you. You don't have any, any evidence that this is really the way until like, are you willing to do it differently? <laughs> up, up to you. Right. Um, right. Uh, and see what they can generate from that place. Mm. Yeah. 
Much different. Way much different. Oh, it is. Now I have. Now I want to plan my New Year, and we're actually going to be here. Yeah, so we live I in different we states. Can, so we can do this over the holidays in this loving place, hold each other in these high spaces, and then come from that place and do mm-hmm. yeah. a nice, easy. I I think I was touched. I started to actually tear up because I think a, you know I'll just say my own or being a man. It's it's always hard. You know, I'm hard externally, internally. People don't even see how hard I am, mm-hmm. and it's just. It's exhausting. I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. And it actually, I tear up because it hurts. It, it, it just hurts. And to hear loving kindness or to do it in the space of this way and bring people in in that space, it just, mm. uh, it eases me. It's like, oh, can I go there? Can I just live there? I can't live with this, this tough, t- it's tough. Mm. And, and most of it's inside. The world doesn't really see it. Yeah. It's the, you know, they say men live in... um, There's that line, oh, they live in uh, desperate silence or something, men. uh, um, And it is. There's a part that I feel like I live like that, that, you know, that internal silence. Thank you. That was... Thank you. Thanks for letting it in, for sharing that. It's It really is beautiful to see the impact of of just even a couple moments of loving kindness of like, oh, that exhale. And really, you know, what I want to acknowledge about you, Mark, is that you let that happen. You, you allowed that loving kindness in and that part of you that's been holding everything up could feel that in the moment. It's such a gift. Um, I really hope that anyone who's listening, who, who resonates with that, just like take a breath in this moment and allow that to just like the ease of, Maybe I can just, maybe I'm just okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, there's a softness in your essence. It comes across, so mm. it's really nice. Thank you. Wow, I, I look forward to seeing you embodied love and kindness for you, <laughs> yeah. right? Nice. <laughs> Clearly, there's something that connected in that energy that, that that's going to be your highest version mm-hmm. um, for 2022, or just mo- this moment. Yeah, I have those spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, as we're in this place of talking about designing, because this is partly what this is about, it's like designing that future self, that highest version of ourselves. And it's a personal journey and a collective journey, right? Um, you know, do you have suggestions in terms of our listeners engaging in community, creating community to be in support? Not everyone does go to coaching, um, or some people do. And, you know, I think there's so many, av- I, I always say, right, there's many paths, <laughs> and whatever one someone chooses. Absolutely. To, you know, suggest that for your clients yeah. or the listeners. I think that community in and of itself is so important. And whether it's friends or, like you said, a coach or a healer or a therapist, there, there are a lot of practitioners who are available to support. But if it's not someone's... Um, path at the moment to hire that kind of support, the important thing would be to have a a direct and clear conversation and agreement with someone in their lives who maybe is not so intimately connected with their goals. So I don't recommend a romantic partner or a parent for this kind of thing because those people are 
they're going to have to move their own expectations of who you are out of the way, which is just, I mean, it's possible, but it's just less, um, there's more, there's more resistance going on in those kinds of relationships. So I would look for maybe a friend, um, preferably someone who's looking for the same thing, because when they have something in it for them, they're more likely to hold you accountable to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, practicing loving kindness with each other is even more access to it for yourself. But in particular with the um, like forgiveness and the goal setting, having someone who you trust, who's also looking for growth and a challenge would be, you know, the best case scenario. When you talk about community, I think that having a group of people, if you find a group of people like this, it'd be great. Um, But you're really looking for intimacy in this kind of connection. So sometimes it's one-on-one could be best for some people. Some people can find intimacy in bigger groups as well, but that's, I would be looking for that. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of people connecting, being resourceful. Like, How do we build our resourcefulness? Absolutely. Um, There's been yeah, interesting it, times for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that note, some people might be sitting there being like, okay, that'd be great. I would love to have those friends, but I don't have those people in my life. I don't know what to do. How do I even find them? And honestly, that with like social media at our fingertips, there are so many um, speakers that have you know, Facebook groups or um, meetup groups, things like that, where you can just look up words of, you know, like mindfulness or um, New Year's resolutions, and you can come and bring them this this method instead of whatever they're doing. Maybe, maybe their idea is great, and I should listen to their their <laughs> thoughts on it. But I, I think that if you're finding yourself not able to connect with the people in your life, that it, you don't stop there. You can use resources and go and, and find like-minded people and create that. I think that a lot of people who don't find that in their lives right now have allowed other people to create the space around them. So it's time to just, you be the one to create the space. You go search for those people and choose, these are the ones I wanna be around and start fostering those relationships. Thank you. I like to follow up on something that was said in your bio, and you also then shared it in your principles. And I heard you say, you know, wholeheartedness, being wholehearted. And of course, I'm I'm just going to say, that word resonates with me because I'm a Brene Brown fan. Mm -hmm. Um, And more than a fan, I I really like there's an embodiment (laughs) of her work because it, it speaks to me. I was wondering if that's where you come from, if if that word has some relevance and tied to her body of work it does Um, okay so the the question then is you know what do you choose to Mm de-armor and from you know just our listeners right like Brene Brown gets that we armor up in in a sense from a conversation maybe of uh, unworthiness um, but we're all looking for connection and belonging um, and the fact is that we are worthy of love so how do you you know, the armor or suggest your clients do if you don't want to personally share. I'm well, happy to personally share. Yeah. I, um, I've gotten so much better at it over the years. So I want to share that in the beginning, I was so unaware of what my armor was very often. And, um, it was so much easier to say something's happening externally that needs to change rather than something in me. And it took a little while to get to the space of having responsibility for the way I show up. Um, with my armor and for people who don't 
follow Brene Brown so much. We're really just talking about, you know, when when you feel those walls go up, when you feel like you're being threatened, um, and not necessarily physically, but like, you know, if you feel like you're being teased or misunderstood in some way, that's when your armor goes up. And I de-armor, I take all of that down um, by having really studied what what it is. I had to know, um, you know, when I feel embarrassed, I get small and cry. And I had to start seeing that and noticing it every time I did it and start interrupting it before it would happen. And I could say like, okay, you're about to lose your power. You're about to be really small. And I mean, you would, I, I'm unrecognizable when I'm like that. Um, and rather than allowing myself, I can, you kind of start feeling it in your body. I start feeling like uh, my chest gets tight and my eyes well up. And I, I think sometimes it's taking a deep breath. Sometimes it's moving my body in some way, like standing up or sitting down or closing my eyes. Um, but it's a choice now. Before it was so automatic that I there was no time. I couldn't interrupt it. Now that I've practiced getting to know it, it's like time slows down. And it's like these buttons come up in my head and it's like uh, go into this automatic pattern, cry and be small or, you know, choose something else. And I usually choose a word like wholeheartedness or dignity or radiance that some things that I've just picked up over time that I embody as the highest version of myself. And I think of one of those words and then I start doing that small process of what would wholeheartedness do right now? What would she say? What would she, what, what does she need? And sometimes it's a glass of water and sometimes it's a hug and sometimes it's, I can't de-armor and I'm just gonna cry. <laughs> And it's, you know, um, the process of loving kindness after that fact too, that even though I have this awareness, even though I'm a coach and help other people interrupt this, sometimes I, I can't and, and allowing that to be okay too. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you sharing your journey. And it, cause I think when we do it, it also gives people permission too. We don't, I'm hearing you became a, an acute observer of yourself. Absolutely. So that you could see the choices or to interrupt it and uh, attend to yourself. Like maybe that was a wound that you needed to attend to, right? Like, uh, okay, I've, I've attended now, uh, you know, little, you know, our little inner child may have needed the attending, but now as the adult, what can you do to respond versus the react? Um, right. So thank you. I think it's always a great, great wisdom to live by. Thank you. Can't wait for her next book. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. By the way, I just want, I, I know this is off topic right now, but it was men lead uh, lives of quiet desperation. That was Ooh. the line that as a man, I've heard it many times that men leave, live lives of quiet desperation. I've never heard mm. that. Really? Oh, it's, it's, it's hit me many times in the heart. Yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's an unknown what men are really carrying deep inside, you know. Yeah. Time we uncover it, guys, by the way. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's in this loving kindness way, guys. We, sure. we can do this. <laughs> so mm. thank you for bringing all of that. Um, is there any last bits of, we're going to go into uh, some quick fire questions, but is there last wisdom or anything you want to share with our audience before we, you know, go into those questions? Sure. I hope that all of the listeners, when you hear loving kindness, you don't hear just like bubble baths and affirmation words that, that this is, those are great, but it, it really is um, a tender relationship with yourself. And that means 
actively paying attention to your needs. It's not rainbows and butterflies. There's there's um, a connection, a um, a willingness to hear, which sometimes brings things that don't feel so light all the time. But loving kindness isn't. It, it, I think sometimes when people hear it, they think it means flowery light things. But even in in what you brought uh, about that uh, desperate silence, that's the place where you where it's needed and where you find the the space to to create it and to find your own version of loving kindness. Um, and I'd like to give a an applicable way to practice that beyond some of the things that we talked about already with your new year's resolutions set a an alarm on your calendar for you know however many check-ins you want if you want to do every other week every month every quarter set check-ins with yourself and you don't have to wait until the end of the year to do a forgiveness process or a letting go process or starting starting from scratch with your goals give yourself check-ins throughout the year and and keep creating it because there's never a i think another thing that happens with resolutions is that we were like, mm, we messed up. It's March. I guess we'll wait until January of next year. Um, so don't let yourself off the hook. And also, you know, give yourself the, the support that you need throughout your time. That's a good idea. That, that is a fantastic idea, right? It's always available. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great. Those years will drag on. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And the bag gets heavier by the end of the year. You've thrown so many more rocks of judgment at yourself. Like, you're like oh, I can't wait to get to December and I can unload this. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Make your own you. point. Stop stopping points. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I was thinking Santa Claus. Maybe Santa Claus is carrying all that weight and getting yeah, rid of it. That's sure, good bro. symbolism. I changed the whole symbolism. So, uh, you know, how do you define love? Mm, love. Love is um, equal dignity for people. And that doesn't mean that everybody is the same. It actually means no one's the same and that everyone matters. And I think love is the process to remind each other of that, to value that, to live through it, and to create more of it. I like that equal dignity. Do you have any... Uh uh, routines or habits that you do daily that support you and who you are and showing up effectively and all that? I I actually don't have any very particular, you know, like morning routines and things like that. I switch things up. I, I think the thing that I do daily is ask myself what I need. And it, it shows up differently. You know, sometimes it's three months of walking every day and then all of a sudden it's yoga. And sometimes it's you know, cuddling on the couch with a cat. And um, so the the thing between, I mean, the thing that uh, is ongoing is just checking in with myself and seeing what's the energy you need to bring to you today to be able to be who you are. I'll have to try that instead of the same old routine. Huh? Oh, gosh. What do I like need? Eating the same meal every day, I think. I, I, I think I, there are a lot of people who empower morning routines and it's really great for them. For me, it's like, you know, Sometimes you want chicken salad and sometimes you want sushi and, and just like letting your, letting your energy be growing and changing and ebbing and flowing. Um, yeah, that's what works best for me. 
Uh, can I just say, because I'm thinking, well, I have a daily routine, but I could see where my body or my life would want to do something different, but it's like that it almost becomes hard and not loving kindness. It's like, no, you have to do this today. This is how you do it. This is, right. oh my. I, if there's a judgment attached to it, then it ain't serving you. That, that part of us is so sneaky and it can find its way into everything we do, no matter how empowered it is. So it's just a, a check-in. Am I using this the way it started out to be? Mm-hmm. Or have I? has it been hijacked by this part of me that is finding another way that I'm not enough? Ooh. Let's go on. Wow. Yeah, that, I, that's wisdom. There's another. <laughs> yeah. I, I had pulled a sacred rebel card. It was a deck uh, about two weeks ago. And it was about um, being on the, you know, the, the top of a summit, getting close. But that, you know, if you're pulled this card, you're there, but you don't have enough energy to get over the top unless you shift something in your life. And one of the suggestions to embody this particular card, change your routines. Right. And it, it was like having a permission slip to be like, yeah, I think I'm meditating. I think not. I think I'm going to go for breakfast. I'm going to meditate like versus it's got to be done in this kind of order because you're right. It was creating this and it, it was energy depleting, not energy and lifting for me. Yes. Um, so thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like you start it and it's good for you and then it goes stale, but then you don't change it. It's yeah. Then it becomes a, Another box. Wow, these are another box. I'm having a (laughs) haz. So, your two books that you would like, ah, can't live without these. You could share two books with us. Um, Robert Fuller wrote Somebody's and Nobody's The Abuse of Rank. And that's where I got the word dignity, where the way that I use it uh, was from him. It's, uh, it reads like sociological research. So, that's thrilling to me. If it's not to you, he also wrote a novel, which would be my second book called The Rowan Tree. And it's a, um, shares a story about a family and it, it talks about the principles that he, he shares in his book, um, Somebody's and Nobody's. But that those books changed my life because it put a central place um, to have everybody connected and understand what it feels like to be somebody and what it feels like to be nobody. And that's, I think the root of all isms, all prejudice is that we have this idea of othering each other to create some sort of hierarchy. When, um, if we really looked at equal dignity, we don't need those things to, um, to be enough and to be okay. So all of this inner work that I'm talking about, all of it really comes down to that experience that I believe that one by one, if people go inward and, and care deeply about who they are, they will, they will need less of um, trying to put other people down to feel enough. Mm-hmm. And that that's, I mean, ultimately inner peace, peace on earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can, can I ask you just for a moment, can you clarify your distinction of dignity for our listeners? So we're, we have the context of how you mean it. Um, yeah, I, now I'm like, I really wish that I knew his definition, but I'll let everybody find your definition. Mine, um, mine dignity to me is every single person matters and that each of us are distinct and that that has nothing to do with, uh, there, there's no comparison. There are no levels 
that everyone has the right to be alive. Thank you. Great. Uh, how do you define God? I wouldn't dare. I love that answer. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> it's a good one. Okay. Uh, right now, I hear your cat, so I'm saying your cat's defining yeah. you as God. Like, I need to get in there. I need to yes. get my fix. Um, but thank you for that. Thank you for the space that that answer just created. Of oh. course. Mm, that was great. It's been a pleasure. I, I want to thank really you is. for the softness and the approaches mm-hmm. that you shared with us and our listeners today. Um, there's some embodiment here, right? There's like a settling. I know for me, my system has calmed and neutralized as this conversation has gone on. and there's, I am experiencing a sense of peace, so I want to th- thank you for that. Oh, for, beautiful. For that. That's so great mm. to hear. So am yeah, I. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I agree. Peace and another level of looking at being kind to myself, mm. which of course would radiate out, but I'm looking at myself of, yeah, you brought something. It just brought some s- softness and kindness. It's, it's really a beautiful space. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. What a pleasure. I, I, I wish you much peace and joy um, and whatever unfolds in your life too uh, and as the holidays and this releases. Uh, so thank you. Thank you all, for being all, a yes to us this evening. Yeah, Absolutely. Holding in love and all that. Yeah. Beautiful soul. Yeah. Wow. Well, a great evening. And so I want to thank uh, our listeners listening to this episode of Break Through the Ordinary, we hope you've enjoyed this deep dive into, I'm going to say, love and kindness and, and how that helps you live an extraordinary life. If you'd like to support this podcast, uh, please share with others, leave a rating, and follow us on social media to find the latest episodes at the BTO Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And until next time, have a good night. Be kind to yourself. Oh, yeah. Love and kindness. Mm-hmm.